Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Father, I pray as we just come around your word today, Lord, I pray you will help me, Lord, you'll just... These thoughts that I have today, Lord, will translate into life, Lord, in the hearts of the believer, Lord, and that they will honor your name, they will glorify Christ, Lord, that we will leave here rejoicing, Lord, knowing who we are, Lord God, knowing what you have done and what you're continuing to do in each and every life. Let no man despise, let no man or woman be in despair today, Lord, for whatever failure to perceive within themselves. For our Christ, Lord God, who is starting, who has started the good work in them will bring them to completion, O God, and that you are true and faithful, O God. You never leave a half job, O God, that, Lord, you complete what you set out in your purpose to do. And we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In Jesus' wonderful name. Two scriptures, and I'm just going to base some thoughts this morning on with you. Second Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verses 18. I think I had it on my iPad here. And, uh, but it's a tremendous scripture. And it talks about as we behold him, beholding him, looking to Christ, we are changed from glory to glory, image to image, even as by the Spirit of God. And then another scripture that just I want to be integrating into this word this morning is also from, from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where the Apostle Paul talks about, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. You know, in John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. What, what, a, what a beautiful intimacy we have with the Lord, Amen. We're not disconnected. You're not disconnected. You may feel emotionally disconnected from the body of Christ at times, and even from the sense of the presence of the Lord, but that is only an emotional feeling. The reality is far from that. You are connected. God has started something in you. And a comforting thought is whatever is in that vine of Christ is in the branches. There's much greater in you than what you realize, not because of you, but because of who you're attached to. Hallelujah. There's everything so potentially powerful for your life and for my life today because whatever is in Christ is in the believer. That's a very profound thought this morning. It's, a, it's so profound that my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will give revelation to what that means so that something will begin to generate a thing called faith. Amen? Because the just shall live by faith. And as you ever increase your faith, you begin to see mountains move in your life. Amen? And we need to think of ourselves as God thinks of us. And surely God is not thinking of us like, you know, defeated and helpless little church mice. You know, defeated little uh, children of God. I believe this morning that God sees us mighty in Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I, I believe he sees the, the finished product. Uh, I believe the master potter knows exactly what he's doing as he shapes the clay. And despite all the dross, and sometimes you can have a more stubborn piece of clay than another, there is the great pliableness of the water of the Holy Spirit that softens every heart. Amen. Amen. And ultimately, God will have his way with our lives today. I want to tell you this morning, Christian, that no weapon that's formed against you will prosper. It may appear to prosper. It may appear at times that you're on the back foot. You may feel, but again, the Christian can't live by his feelings. You can't live by feelings. We live, we live by the fact of what God says about us. Amen. 
I, I choose to believe what the Lord speaks over me rather than how I feel about myself. And that is, a, that is the road to success as the Christian, to hear. But first of all, you must hear the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You have to be instructed in what the Bible teaches you because otherwise another narrative, another storyline will crop up into your journey and you'll end up believing a false report. Just like the children of Israel all those years ago, they're in that wilderness and Joshua and Caleb would go in and, they, and, and 10 other spies go into the land of Canaan, into Jericho and they spy out the land and 10 of them came back with a false report. A bad report, friends, amen. And the children believed it. Now you can believe a bad report about yourself and you can be defined by what other people say about you. And maybe you didn't have the greatest start in life. Maybe you come from an abusive background. Maybe you've been abused and put down all your life. Maybe people have said to you that you will amount to nothing. You're a nobody. You're useless. What have you got to bring to the situation? And maybe that has defined you in some level. But I want to tell you, that is the ten lies of those spies. Amen. Amen. Because surely God is with you today. Amen. Amen. And it's just his story. No weapon that is formed against you. Christ is going to be reproduced. He's going to reproduce all that he is in character, both in the church and in the believer. Amen. You have to believe that. Amen. Amen. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Praise the Lord. Amen. It doesn't need to be without spot or wrinkle. Now only the, the moment of his appearing. And if you happen to go see him before he comes back, you're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Hallelujah, friends. You'll put off mortality and you'll put on immortality. Amen. And all that God's promises to your life will be yes and amen in a twinkling of an eye. Amen. Hallelujah. That journey between now and then is a journey of having confidence in what God says. And yes. trusting the character of God. Yes. Yeah, that's why the resurrection is essential. He rose and that's God's yes. That's all, he conquered everything. He conquered death, hell, the grave friends. This morning, he is raising up dead marriages, dead families, dead people, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. He is quickening the, the dead and he's rising them up in his power. Amen. Christ is going to reproduce everything that is in him in you. When a seed is planted in the ground... Now, the genetic scientists, you've heard me say this before. I'm not a genetic scientist by any level. I read a little bit. But they tell you that everything is in that seed. Everything is already pre-programmed in that seed. The height of the, of the tree, the strength of the tree, the type of fruit, the size of the fruit, friends, the longevity, everything is already there in the coating of that seed. Everything's already in it. And when Christ came into you, oh, hallelujah, I hope you're starting to get it already. Everything became possible. I said everything became possible. Everything that's in him became possible for me. And that is the journey of your and I faith this morning. When Christ came in, he took root in our lives and everything that is in him became possible for us. That's why Corinthians says that as we behold him. You know, as we take our eyes off the, the 10 spies or the negative report or whatever's coming in the, the letterbox to your house, whatever you're watching online, turn it off, friends, and listen to the voice of the Lord. Amen. Be defined by Him this morning. Everything that's in Him is possible for us. Paul says in Galatians 1, 15 and 16, he says, It pleased the Father to reveal His Son in me. You know, yesterday we were, we, we, you know, we do our wonderful ritual of hitting practice for tennis. You know, I've gotten into the tennis. I'm the up-and-coming Federer. No, I'm not, unfortunately. 
I'm just trying to get a bit of the fetter off me at the moment, the fat, uh, and not be so crotchety as I get old. But the ritual is hitting practice on the Saturday morning, and then I put on all the weight again, and we go to Ross's Bakery for food. And, uh, but then, you know, so be it. You have to live a little. But there we were sitting, and we saw this beautiful little baby alongside us, and you were, we were looking at that little child. And uh, so, so someone said, who does he look like? Well, of course, I saw it straight away. He was the head off the father. He looked like the dad. She, it was a little girl. And you know, you know some babies, it's hard to tell. You only can tell by the coloring, if it's pink or blue, if, which gender really at that moment. But this was all girl. So the dad was definitely girly looking. But no. <laughs> but she had our father's nose and our father's eyes. And mom knew it. I said, I'm sorry you didn't get a peek in, but there was time. Amen. But I want to tell you this morning, Christian, you have your father's eyes. You have your father's look. You have your heavenly father's look. Amen. You know, you, you, it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. There is, there is a look of Christ in you. Amen. Amen. Do you know, that you, you have the characteristics of, of Christ in you already. Amen. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, amen, and then to manifest his works in the world around us. What a, what a beautiful reality, amen, that he takes us out of obscurity and sin and darkness, and he puts his glory, his Holy Spirit into us at the point of conversion, amen. And then he says, I know you got a lot of stuff. I know there's a lot of Adam in you still, but I want to tell you, you need to stop looking at that. You need to start remembering what I'm telling you. I am working in you. Hallelujah. I'm not fraternal. I didn't go to a cross just to give up on you. I didn't suffer the agony of, of, of Calvary just to turn away from you because you were too hard a case for me. There was no too hard case for Jesus. Amen. It doesn't matter who you are this morning. You're not too low that he cannot sink to the bottom to find you. Amen. The psalmist said, if I take the wings of the morning or if I descend into the very depths of the earth, even there thy right hand is with me. And he was talking about experience from experience, friends. For he understood the heights of revelation to the depths of despair. He understood what it was to sit on the throne and then to be run off by his own son Absalom and go into wildernesses of despair. He understood when everybody stood against him. But he knew one thing. Regardless of that reality, there was a higher reality. And God is with me. Oh, can you bring yourself this morning, whatever station, wherever you're at, whatever level you feel you're at this morning, can you rise a little bit in your faith and say, he's not finished yet. Hallelujah. This is but a feeling. This is but a feeling. If any man is in Christ, the Apostle Paul teaches, he is a new creature. Woo, hallelujah. New creation. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. The old English says that all things pass away, them of old time, and all things are becoming new. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The attributes of the new man will be that of Christ. When it talks about the new man, it's talking about Christ the, through the power of the Holy Spirit being manifested in the earthen vessel, which is you and I. That's why the Apostle Paul, you know, we were formed out of the dust of the earth. But the Apostle Paul says, I see a treasure in that earthen vessel. Hallelujah. You know, an earthen vessel doesn't look the prettiest, friends. It's functional. It can get the job done. But it's not of a high value. And I want to tell you, friends, you know, this world puts no value in you and me. 
You're just farther until, until, you get to, until you get to an age where you can contribute no more. And then we try, to, we try to put you to one side as best as we can. But at the end of the day, you get the golden handshake. I remember working for, the, for my company, for a company I worked for for many, many years as a senior tech. And I was 17 years with them. I got the, the watch at the 15th and all that. But I remember the day I left. You got a handshake and that was it. You were for yesterday's man. And that's the world, friends. You know, you might be striving to, 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 to adore some boss to get on a promotional ladder or try to get up the corporate side of it. But I want to tell you, friends, their well done is nothing compared to his well done. I tell you, I tell you what, their well done is not worth the oxygen they use to say it, amen. But when it comes out of the mouth of the Heavenly Father, when he sees you standing before his presence and he says, well done, good and faithful servant, enter you into the rest that I have for you. Can you imagine what that would feel like when you walk those golden streets of heaven? When you walk through the pearly gates one day, friends, for we're all going that direction. Don't try to hold on too long here, friends, because he's coming back. Amen. I said he's coming back. And don't be ashamed because you won't be blushing when he comes back. You won't be red-faced because he's the one who started the work. And he's the one that has to complete it. Amen. It's all of Him. It's a work of His grace. It's a work of His power. If you and I had anything to do with this, friends, you might as well, you might as well give up right now because you just ain't going to do it. Yeah. It has to be Him. Yes. It's promised of Him. Amen. Yeah. New creatures. Amen. It will never. The attributes of the new man will be that of Christ. Now, I want to tell you, we're never going to be God. So don't ever think the Pastor Nick is saying that. It's to the man Christ Jesus that we're conformed to. So when you look at Christ in the scriptures, as you behold him, and you can only behold him now as a Christian, when you start picking up the word of God, and you begin to read the life of Christ, and you're Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and you see the life of the Savior, you behold him, friends. As you come into his presence by prayer, you are spiritually beholding him as well. There is an interaction in the spirit as you pray. These are the means that the Holy Spirit, these are the graces that God uses to shape us to the image of Christ. Amen. These are the things, these are the, these are the graces of God. If he didn't give them, we could not be shaped. Amen. But as you begin to behold him, you are changed from glory to glory, image to image, even as by the Spirit of God. Now they tell me, and I feel sorry for my poor wife in this aspect because she is a pretty girl, but they tell me that married couples, as they get older and older and older, and as they tarry on in old age, they eventually start to look like each other. That's what they say. They say there's something. They take on a similar shape. I'm so sorry, Catherine. They take on a similar shape. They take on a similar frown, a similar expression. The hair goes gray. And when you see them walk down the street from behind, you don't know if that's Mary or is that John because they're both, they're both doing this, the same huddle. They're still walking. And it's amazing how that, the image of, of seeing each other all the time, hearing each other, knowing each other's hearts, that how familiar and how similar you become. Amen. But I want to tell you, friends, what is, what is in the natural is also in the spiritual. Hallelujah. As you behold him, the scripture says, as you walk with him, as you read his word, as you let it shape your life and your heart, there's a work of God being done in you and you are conformed to the image of Christ. And I tell you, nobody ever, nobody ever lived as great a life as his, as his life. No one ever. Who else is like Jesus? You used to sing a song, nobody ever loved me more like Jesus. Oh, what a lover, what a friend, what a kind, what a heart, Amen. We will never be goddess to the image of Christ. We are, we, are, we are in the world, but we're not of it, friends. We are born from above. 
Again, you've heard me say that NASA is spending a lot of money. We were, we were down and we were staying in Daytona Shores. There was meant to be a, a, one of those rockets going off, manned rockets. And uh, of course, the thing was aborted about an hour later. They couldn't get off the ground. But, you know, they're up there and they're, they're traveling around space and they're trying to find the aliens. I mean, they're spending millions, billions going into deep space, sending cameras and probes and bringing back photographs to find the aliens. You know, would someone please just write to NASA and tell them there's a load of aliens here at Cork Church, amen? Because that's who we are, friends. You've already found us because we're not of this world anymore, amen? We are born from heaven, amen? So a new life has come. We're on a new trajectory, amen? So look around and see your alien friends, amen, this morning. There's a truth to it, though, amen? There's a truth to that. We're no longer of this world. Something happened. Hallelujah. Something happened. The old hymn says, something happened and now I know. He touched me and he made me whole. Hallelujah. You might, hallelujah. You might be missing a limb this morning. Our, our dear brother who got his legs blown off in Croatia helping out a number of years ago, missing his boat legs. But I'm telling you, that man is a whole man today. Hallelujah. He found Christ 36 months ago. You baptized him in the waters. I was away at the time. And I tell you, friends, there's never been a more whole man that ever lived in this planet than our dear brother. Amen. Hallelujah. Born again. Born from the Spirit. John chapter 3. That's what Jesus was teaching Nicodemus. You need to be born of the Spirit. Something of the divine needs to come into you. If it doesn't come into you, you will be the same man, the same woman, and you'll only get worse. Something of heaven has to happen. A divine transaction needs to take place. And that is what's already happened for you and I. We have passed from death into life. Amen. Something of the divine has come into our hearts today. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, you are born again, not of, the per- not of the perishable seed, but of the imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Hallelujah. What a God, what a gospel, I tell you. The gospel of Christ. And if you and I are going to be Christ's disciples now, because Paul talks about imitate me as I imitate Christ, then we're going to have to go through a process. And there's a process of life. Life is your process, okay? You know, if you want to talk about a conveyor belt, life is your conveyor belt. It's going one direction. But in that direction, friends, whether you've got 10 years, 5 years, 6 months, if you're, or 6 weeks, if someone happens to take an adverse reaction to you in the womb today, one of the most unsafe places for a baby, of course, in the womb of its mom today. But I want to tell you, friends, it's a process. And that is where God begins to deal with you and I. You and I are going to be Christ's disciples. We will have to pass through a process. That process is a true discipleship. You are welcome to the discipleship of life now. Whether you realize that, I hope you have, and if you haven't, maybe it will dawn on you now that you are the discipleship process. You're where God is beginning to shape you. That's why we come to church on Sunday, to worship the Lord, to be together, because the Scripture commands us to do it. Not because Pastor Nick commands you. You wouldn't even come if I commanded you. Anyhow, you're here because the Holy Spirit has told you, neglect not the assembly of yourselves together. But as we are here, then the Word of God will come week after week, and it will, it will, it will refresh in our souls. It will open our eyes. It will shape us. It will Speak to us from heaven. Amen. And so we thank God that we are his disciples today. And if you are going to be a true disciple, you're going to have to live like a disciple. And we looked at our deacons this morning. That is a disciple, let me tell you. That is a life of denying yourself. Resigning to self. The first resignation is resigning to the point that you can ever self-improve. 
That's the first start. I am so unable to improve myself. I am so unable to make myself better. I put no confidence in me. I tried for 20 years, 30 years. I went to college. I did this. I did the other. I'm a self-made man. I made my millions. I didn't. I'm unemployed or I live in a castle. It doesn't matter. You still can't improve yourself. When it comes to perfection and entering the presence of God, no man will stand in his own merit. The disciple has learned that. The disciple has learned that he needs, she needs a Savior. Hallelujah. I've met rich people. I've met poor people. And equally is miserable because they didn't know him. Equally is miserable because they didn't have that life of God in them today. But the faith of God has come. And so the disciple is going to go through a process. The Bible says without faith in Hebrews 11 verse 6, it's impossible to please God. The first start for the disciple is to enter through the gate of faith. Where you, by, by grace are you saved through faith. You put your faith in Christ and the grace of God and salvation comes. But that faith must grow because the apostle also says that the just shall live by faith. It's not just a once experience. It's a developing of that faith. And that's what the process of discipleship is. That's the process of Christian growth is to develop faith. A great book written many years ago called Ever Increasing Faith. Get your hands on it, how, your, how you can grow your faith. You know, you can grow in faith and you can grow your faith if you become a true disciple of the Lord. Faith will bring its immediate results. Christ stepped into time and history, into the turbulence of a fallen world. He was led by his faith in the Father. He was led. He emptied himself. The word the Apostle Paul uses, kenosis, which means in, in some mysterious way, all the prerogative of being divine, all the prerogative of leaning on power, he puts to one side and says, I will only take up that of the shell of an Adamic man now, and I will live in faith and hold the hand of my father. Isaiah 42, I will give thee and I will hold thy hand and give thee to be a covenant to the people. And so Jesus lived in that sense of faith. His faith was tested immediately after his baptism by John at the, at the Jordan River. It said immediately he's led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted. Immediately. And so he has to understand that I cannot call on the resources. I'm to live like a man. I'm to live in obedience. I must live by faith. And so the Spirit of God calls me into a wilderness. It will be the Spirit that has to preserve me in the wilderness. And it has to be the Spirit to lead me out of the wilderness. And Jesus said the same. Just as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. But you're not on your own. The Holy Spirit is with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Leading you in, leading you out, guiding you, doing something in you that you sometimes don't even understand. And in those times of not understanding, and don't react. Just put your hand over your mouth. Be a good job, not a bad job, okay? Put your hand over your mouth. I don't understand what God's doing right now, but I will never deny that he's not doing something. Hallelujah. One day I'll see it face to face. I see it through at last dimly, Corinthians 13. We see it through very dimly at times, friends. But one day we will see it face to face. Bless his wonderful name. Christ stepped into time. He was led by the Holy Spirit. Our faith in him will also lead us to certain attributes being presented and perfected in our Christian journey. So when you examine the life of Christ, because it's the man Christ Jesus we're going to look like. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Hallelujah. Do you know one of the greatest compliments you can receive is when people say that's a very Christ-like person. It really is. There's times where my wife might say it, maybe one in every 10 years, she might say that to me. No, it's not that we have a difficult... You know, but there's times when you do see more than just a preacher, more than just a husband, more than just a wife. You begin to see 
coming through the brokenness of the earthen vessel, the shining of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, sometimes that vessel has to be broken and actually for that excellency to come out, for that light to shine, the earthen vessel has to Hallelujah. be broken. Yeah. And that's life, friends, and life's going to break you. Life's going to shatter you. Life is going to come against you and crack you here and crack you there. And God says, will you trust me? Because that's when you're going to see the light shining out. Amen. We have the treasure in the earthen vessel. And so in the midst of turbulence, and you know, friends, we see so many Christians today try to dominate the world political systems, try to bring their, their ideas of epidemiology to, to world systems to play. I want to tell you, friends, it's their world. Amen. Ours is a world to come. Our, ours, our, our narrative is singular. Christ Jesus and him crucified. Not whether you should wear a mask or not. Our, our narrative is to believe the Lord Jesus Christ. Preach the gospel. Not to get involved in politics, friends. Amen. And so in the midst of all the brokenness of this world, we begin to see the shining of the true narrative, the true hope of this world, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's still the only word worth fighting for and worth dying for. Amen. To be able to preach Christ Jesus and him crucified. Oh, what a joy it is for us, friends, to learn that even our intellect, even our dogged behavior, our education, our political, political proudness is not going to advance the things of God, friends. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's saying all these things are broken. Politics is broken. Education is broken, friends. People are broken. Systems are broken. But I want to tell you the excellency of the power is God. And coming back to that belief that that power is within me and God can use me for his glory. Hallelujah. That my life could matter in this gambit of this world. Hallelujah. And when you look at Christ, friends, you see the perfect man. Hallelujah. Nobody ever spoke like this man spoke. He was a praying man. Matthew 1 and verse 35, Luke 6, 12. He got up a long time before it was day. He prayed. Hebrews 5, verse 7. And because he was a praying man and he lives in you, guess what? Prayer is going to become part of your life. Because everything that's in Christ is now in you. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Some of you don't have a great prayer life. But ain't, he ain't finished yet. He isn't finished yet. The great E.M. Bounds, and many people in the Christian author world that read these great authors, he would know him as a, one of the great faithful men of prayer. Prayer was his thing. Prayer, eight hours a day, the great E.M. Bounds prayed. But people don't realize he didn't start his prayer journey until he was 60. <laughs> it's an amazing thought. But I want to tell you, every Christian will learn how to pray. Every Christian will be forced at some stage onto your knees to cry out to God like you never did before. Yeah. Every Christian is going to face situations that are so great for you mentally and emotionally, physically, in every way, that you're going to go before the King of Kings, humble yourself and bow down and pray. Because it was in Christ, it's also in you. This is one of the attributes of the Christian man. Because Christ was a praying man, you will be pray become a praying person. Why? Because he lives in you. Because he loved the lost. Matthew 6. In 34, he looked across the lost sheep of Israel. Because he loved the lost, you know what's going to happen, friends? Because he lives in you. You're going to have this supernatural love for people that you never even knew. Hallelujah. Why? Why would you be concerned about lost people? In the natural, I mean, some of them scare me. 
Some of the lost people out there, we, we, we have a food bank. We're in the middle of the red light district of Cork. We meet paranoid, drunken, high people all the time, full of violence in them. And sometimes they're, they're fearful people. And why is it that we would have a love for them? Why? Because he loved them and he lives in me. So therefore, I love them. Amen. It's not because of me. It's because of him. To me to love, that is not I'm not capable of that sort of love. I'm not capable of that sort of... I can love my family. I can love my children, my grandchildren, my mom and my close friends. And then it starts to wear down very rapidly. But because he's in me, there's an inexhaustible expression of love. Hallelujah. Because he loved the church. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Well, I want to tell you, friends... Because the Holy Spirit lives in you, because the person of Jesus is in you, you're going to love the church of Jesus Christ. Oh, you're going to find out there's loads of things wrong with us. There's no doubt about that. We will not hide behind uh, and justify our failures. They are there. But I want to tell you, regardless of our failures, I come from a large family, and there's loads of failures in our family, myself being the biggest one. But we still love each other in Jesus' name. Amen. My wife, myself, my, my children, my grandchildren, we've all got issues, but we love each other. Amen. I want to tell you, friends, the church of Jesus Christ, you'll love the church. We were able to celebrate righteously this morning with Batania Church. We don't, that's a Romanian church up in Dublin. And why? Because we, there is that love in our heart for the church for the testimony of Jesus, wherever it is this morning. That's supernatural, friends. That's, that comes because he is in you. It doesn't come from anything other than because Christ is in you. Because he read the word, the Bible, the scriptures, you're going to read the scriptures. Read that in Luke 4, 17, where he read, he opened up the book of the law, and he read from Isaiah, and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Hallelujah. And then he closes it up. He says, This word is fulfilled in your hearing today. But he was a man of the word. And because he was a man of the word, yes, Christian, you're going to start to desire in you to know more of the word of God. Oh, but I'm not very academic. It doesn't matter. God will give you a hunger for the Word of God. I can't read very well. Thank God you can get a CD or they're gone. No, you can get something else, some file on your computer or your phone. You can listen to the Word of God. But there will be a hunger for the Word of God because He's in you. This is all the life of the disciple, isn't it? Do you see how discipleship is not something, it's not a program. Discipleship is a life. Discipleship is the natural process of the life of Christ coming into you. And he's slowly taking you. And dare I say, you're at a different part of the journey than I am. And you're at a different part of the journey than I am. And I'm at a different part of the journey of where you are. And you're at a different part of the journey of where I am. And wherever you are, he takes you gently and kindly. And he brings you. Some are further back. Some are further ahead. Some are in the middle. It doesn't matter, friends. We're all in different times parts of this journey of discipleship because I said it's a discipleship. It's that reproducing of Christ in us. But the beautiful thing about us is that we don't hothouse everybody. You're not meant to be where I am right now. Maybe when you get to my age or maybe when you walk to the Lord with the Lord 40 years, you know, you might be ahead of me now and then you say five years. I don't know. But wherever you are, God takes you from where you are. Thank God this morning. Stop comparing yourself to other Christians. I'm not as spiritual. I'm not as deep. I'm not as far on. I'm not as strong on my faith. Maybe all those things are true. But I want to tell you, it's not finished. <laughs> it's not over for you. You're on that journey. He, has not, he who began that good work in you is able to complete it. Hallelujah. 
So look up this morning, Christian. Rejoice in your salvation. Rejoice that he who has established his oath over you and established his covenant for you is going to bring you to completion. Let me give you one that people are going to go, oh. because he paid his tithe, you're going to pay your tithe. Wow, Jesus really did do that? Yeah, what he actually did, really, when you read Matthew 17, verse 24 to 27, and he sends the disciples out, he says, go catch that fish and get the money out and pay the temple tax. Amen. There's something about the generosity of God that begins to flow from a man or woman that begins to grow in that discipleship process. Hallelujah. It's the truth. Because he was concerned with the testimony of the temple or the work of God, so will you be. And that will affect your pocket. It will affect your finances. Because he loved the lost sheep of Israel, he looked over Jerusalem and he wept over them. Why is it Christians from all over the world and the denominations pray for Israel? There's something there, isn't there, friends? There's something that the Holy Spirit puts in to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You know what? Because he hated sin. You're going to hate sin too. He says it to that woman caught in the act of adultery. Go and sin no more. And he still says it to you and I, even when we do sin, don't do it anymore. Amen. And we, we confess it to him. We bring it before him. And we may falter again. Don't do it anymore. But you're on that process, friends. Amen. He doesn't take you off that process. He establishes you, strengthens you. Because he relied on the Holy Spirit, Luke 4.1 you know what? You and I are going to be relying on the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. Because he trusted God's word and covenant, I will trust the word of the Father also. When I talk about that, I'm referring to the servant songs of Isaiah, where he trusted God to hold his hand and to give him and make him as a covenant to the people. Because he loved not only his own life, friends, until the death. It's an amazing thing that you'll see from every age of the church, of every age group, that when push came to shove and when oppression and attack comes upon the bride of Jesus Christ, there is a quality that comes through her that we have never heretofore seen in our own lives. And that is an ability to lay down our lives if that's what we're called to do. Amen. Yeah. If there's Christians this morning, friends, facing firing squads, lynchings, and murders and rapes because of the gospel, but I want to tell you there's a grace that comes upon them. Amen. Amen. That is the power of God. It's not because they're great people. It's not because they're stronger than you and I. It's not because they're more brilliant or more educated or more committed. It's because they've got a great God and a great Savior who's given them a great promise. And he says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Amen. Amen. Passing through the waters is not a pleasant experience. It's talking about, first of all, the birth waters of life. When you pass through the waters of your mother's birth, friends, and you're breaking into life, I'm going to be with you at the start, and I'm going to be with you at the middle, and I'm going to be with you at the end, he says. And when you walk through the fire, it will not consume you. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The only thing it consumed in those Hebrew boys was to get rid of their bonds, amen. And they could walk around freely and talk with, the, 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 with, with Christ in that fire, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Because he died. Because he died, friends, we died. Yeah. What a thought. In Christ we died. It's not an interesting thought. There's a depth here I can't even bring out this morning in my closing out of my, my overdue message. Because he died, we died. One died for all, then all 
are dead, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 4. Because he rose again. Yeah. Absolutely. You're going to rise again. Hallelujah. Because he rose again. Because he rose again. I will rise again. My dad is going to rise again. My uncle is going to rise again. My grandmother is going to rise again. My loved ones who went before, hallelujah, will rise again. The circle will not be unbroken, friends. Hallelujah. That reunion, that restoration of all things to himself. Yes, because Christ is in you. All these are the attributes of every Christian. Because he is holy, you're holy. He lives in you. He spoke to his disciples and he said, be holy. He said to them, you're clean because of the words I speak over you. Wow. Wow. I don't feel very clean, Lord. I I, I did some uncharacteristic things or maybe things that I'm dealing with my character that are not very flattering. He says, you're still holy. I still love you. I have not imputed that sin to you. That was put upon me. Oh my gosh, the mysteries of this salvation. The love divines, all loves excelling. Joy of heaven to earth come down, fixing us. Thy humble dwelling, all thy tender mercies known. Jesus, thou art all compassion. Pure unbounded love art thou. Visit us with thy salvation. Enter every trembling soul. Actually, it was one of the most beautiful hymns that the queen had at her funeral. So appreciated that funeral. Get a chance to watch that. You see a woman that knew God. Hallelujah. That extolled him. Because he died, we died. And because he rose again, yes, you're going to rise again. Because he is seated in heavenly places. <laughs> yes. Ephesians chapter 2. We are seated with him Hallelujah. in heavenly places. Can you say amen this morning? Yes. That's where I'm positioned. Amen. Amen. I'm positioned because he is the head and I am the body. Amen. The head has already crossed the line. It's just a matter of time before the body does as well. The head is already there, seated in the right hand place in the throne of God. It's only a matter of time when the body follows on. Amen. But I'm already there because the head is there. Amen. I'm already seated in that place. Because he's holy, we are holy. Because he overcame, we have and we will overcome. Because he was full of the spirit, we can. And we have the fullness of the Spirit. All that is in Christ will be replicated and perfected in you. Christ is Christ in us. Colossians 1.27 The hope of glory. Hallelujah. Christ in you. The hope of glory. We have no other message. We have no other hope. We have no other foundation. We have no other name, friends. Brothers and sisters, can I tell you this morning with all my heart, you have your father's eyes. You have your father's characteristics. Yeah, Ad, oh, yeah. Uncle Adam might creep up every now and again. <laughs> he might try to get a peek in at the time, but we reckon him dead in Jesus' name. We choose to believe the report of the Lord. We choose to believe the report of Calvary, friends. For you, there is promise fitting, promises fitting a king, functions fitting a priest, fellowship divine of the Son of God, joy inexpressible and full of glory, peace that passes understanding, kindness that brings a generosity and a hilarious laughter, meekness that soothes and 
the agitated gentleness that will win the heart of a child. Self-control, which against there is no law. For I am confident of this, Paul says in Philippians 1.6, that he who has begun that good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ our Lord and our Savior. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. And look to the rock that you were cut from. And remember the price of Cal the cost of Calvary. And then with a grateful heart, lift your hands and say, Thou art worthy, O God, to receive glory and honor and power and dominion. Hallelujah. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are created. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning as we just give Him final praise today. As you begin to rejoice in the greatness of His calling and the greatness of of his promises in your life. Now raise your hands to heaven this morning and just thank him with all your heart. Say, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you who started this work in me, you ain't finished yet, Lord God. And, Lord, I've been stubborn and I've been rebellious, Lord God, and I felt the chastisement in my life. And Lord, I have scarred myself and I have, Lord, bruised myself and I have, Lord, pierced myself with many sorrows. But the promises of God are still sure. The promises of God are yes and amen. The call and giftings of God are without revocation. And regardless of what sin has scarred me, regardless of my failure or the failures of others, you are not finished with me. For you have made a promise over my life. And Lord, I believe in that promise, Lord. Even in my fleeting breath, this morning, oh God, even though I can barely lift my hands or open my eyes or even offer praise, God, I will stand in faith for the just shall live by faith, oh God. It is God who justifies and we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. Come on, shout to him this morning. Bless his wonderful name. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Praise his wonderful name. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.